Welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily Robertson. And I'm Amy Kelly. We are professional writers and critique partners. We've worked in traditional and independent publishing, podcasting, and social media marketing. Including my novel, Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, published by a Big Five Publisher. My long-running podcast, In the Middle of It. And accomplished authors, my business helping authors create an inspiring online presence. We are here to share our creative journeys and encourage you on yours. From the writing process to promoting your work and all of the messy in between. We're here to remind you that your story matters and it's worth sharing with the world. Okay, it's It's time time to to write. write. Hey everybody, I'm Emily. And I'm Amy. Um, And today on the podcast, we are going to talk about gatekeepers. We're going to talk about the gatekeeper myth. But before that, we're going to go through our highs and lows, which are, for me, my high continues to be, but it is summer. (laughs) That's it. That's my high. And my low is uh, just that it's hard. It's the same. It's hard to get anything done in the summer, but What about you, Amy? Okay, so for me, my high is I just got back recently. Okay, thanks for starting our timer. I just got back recently from a trip to California to help my daughter pack up her dorm room and um, and get her ready. She's off on a week-long camping trip that her university offers for uh, kids who have just finished their first year of school. It's very reflective and that kind of thing. And um, I think she's in Yosemite. So like- That was fun. I love Yosemite. Yeah, hardcore backpacking, hiking, all that kind of stuff. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then I would say, uh, well, and then the trip for me was awesome too. I built in like an extra day and thought I would use it to like sit down and write, but I just used it for thinking, which I feel like for me, that's a part of my process that I often overlook and don't assign. Blow right through. Yeah. Or, or even don't assign as much value because as far as like, quote unquote, being productive, it doesn't have a tangible necessarily outcome, but oh my gosh, it was so needed and so great just to have space to just think and dream and, you know, ponder and all that kind of stuff. I have been thinking about this lately because um, I think I mentioned on the podcast that my husband and I went to England And I have found that for me, I've added a new step when traveling that I think I'm going to add to my writing, which is for me, like I find the process of scrambling when you don't, when you're not sure where you're going and you're in the situation really stressful and it makes my brain actually go offline. It makes me really a difficult person to be around because I get just flustered anxious, anxious, flustered, whatever. So, and I'm our main navigator as a family. I just am like, I have a better sense of direction than most other people who live in this house. So I have found that for me now I've started, once we've identified what we're going to do, I will sit down with the Google map and sort of write out on a small piece of paper that I can fit in my pocket, what our turns are. So I'm not scrambling in the moment to pull up my phone and use data. And I get worried that, especially in a city, that someone's going to steal something because you're, whatever, pick a thing. But just having that little piece of paper in my pocket to pull it out and be like, oh, we're two-tenths of a mile on this road. We're still fine. And put it back in my pocket has just been so great. And so I've been thinking about trying to do that a little more with the writing. Like, what if 
before I sit down, I'm like, wait, where am I going today? And a then when map. I get right, it's make, like a map. And then when I get map. stuck on the whole thing of like, but you know, where do they go to the bathroom? I can just put a little note that's like, that's not what I'm doing today. Like, <laughs> right. Right. So anyway, okay. Okay. And my low would be that I got home and uh, my husband and I literally like, he flew out for another trip, like literally an hour before my plane landed. So anyway, we missed each other. I got home and our hot water heater was out and is still out. Like we won't get it for another couple of days. So it's it'll be obviously a week. So Fortunately, we have the, our city has a really great rec center. So um, we have that. So we were able, to, we're able to go and we've been showering in the evenings at the rec center, which isn't ideal, but I'm just glad we have that as an option right. versus yes. cold showers. Although right now it is a million degrees here. In right. Texas. So cold showers, so cold showers, you know, not a horrible thing. So anyway, that was my highlight. So, all right. I am super interested and talking about this whole gatekeeper myth. So um, talk to us about what a gatekeeper traditionally is in publishing. So a gatekeeper would be anyone uh, that is sort of keeping, is the person that is between you and the things that you want. So that could be getting a literary agent. Once you have a literary agent, that could be an editor if there's a magazine you want to get published in, it would be the editor of that magazine. If you're a conference you want to go to, it's the conference organizers. It's just the people, essentially the people who do the choosing Making in this decisions. industry. Making decisions. Making right. decisions. Right, right. About yeah. whether to um, essentially let you through these gates. Right. Which are, you know, just all the steps along a publishing career. Right. Right. So it's almost, I, and I think I'm, I would love for you to share the analogy that we talked about before we got on, yes. because I think my view of the gatekeepers has always been like, you walk up to the gate and you sit and you knock and you say, can I please come in? Exactly. <laughs> here's my, you have a, your little query letter and your thing. You say, here's my yeah. note. Can I come in? I'm thinking and, the um, Wizard of Oz. Exactly. With the guy the opens the opens. Yeah. Well, I came up with a new analogy because the thing about it is, is there is, they're not gate. There's not a gate. No one's sitting at a gate. Like this is an analogy that, or a metaphor that we have chosen to use. And so today, uh, well, yesterday, I was watching the two towers with my kids. And there's a sequence in that when Gimli the dwarf. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it may be my favorite movie. Gimli the dwarf is on the horse and the horse is going fast and Legolas, and they're in a battle and Legolas the elf is next to him and Legolas just swings himself up and jumps on the horse. That's going. I think this is a much better analogy for us because here's <laughs> the thing about gatekeepers is that all of them are built, are in a situation where your success helps their success. So your agent makes 15 or 20% of everything you earn. Your editor, if your book does really well, they get promoted. They get, you know, your conference. If you're, you know, if you're somebody who's going to bring an audience with you, the conference wants more people to come, like all of those things. So just seeing that like the gatekeeper isn't the one that decides whether or not your horse can go. Your horse is going 
And you just have to make sure that you get close enough to them that they can hop on. Right. Right. So I guess my question is um, for you and then for myself too, what does being on the horse and riding look like? Like, what does it look like for me to not be standing, instead of thinking about standing at the gate and knocking, I'm on my horse, I'm going. Right. So let's talk about what that looks like. Yes. And also, but I'm going towards the people, the the things and people I want. Like, that's the other piece is you have to actually get close enough to the person to Legolas that he can hop on. You can't be like, Legolas, I'm over here and making him run because we're on a horse at this point. We're going pretty fast. So for me, I think what that really means is it's about choosing what are, it's the thing we talk about a lot is choosing, you know, what is your, what are your things you want to make in this writing thing? Like, what are the, what are the stories you desperately want to tell and to start writing them, to start telling them, to not wait. Because I think one of the things that I feel like has been such a a problem for me is the, through the whole, my whole career is the wanting to be chosen. Okay. Um, The idea that someone's going to tap you on this. It's that thing. Like you're at the mall with your friends and somebody taps you on the shoulder and it's like, I'm a modeling scout. And you know, don't you right. want to come and do whatever? Or you write a story and somehow, you know, you post it on, you write a poem and you post it on Instagram and it goes viral. And then somebody's like, do you want to write a poetry book? And you know, you're plucked from obscurity, you're plucked from obscurity. <laughs> But the thing about being plucked from obscurity is you didn't have to actually say what you wanted. Mm, Yeah. You're just minding your own business. You're just. So the truth is for many of us, it's really scary to go hard at this thing we want and know, you know, is Every time, is someone going to successfully jump on your horse? No. Sometimes they're going to say, that's not the horse I want. I don't want that horse. That, well, and yeah. I, would, I would add to this, like you have to get on the horse. You first. have to get on the horse. And I think that that kind of going back to what you were saying a second ago, like asking for what you want, defining what you want is a right. huge part of the process. So what you want would be the outcome. But then I would say too, sometimes it's just about staying on the horse and continuing to ride. I think it's outlasting. Yeah. Well, and also super important here, guys, that you like the horse you're riding. Right. Yeah. The horse you're riding is a horse you want to be on. Because sometimes we get so stuck on the gatekeeper that we twist ourselves in knots to be like, oh, I'm going to write a whatever. Right. Well, vampire cozy mystery. Right. Even though I don't like vampire cozy mysteries, I'm going to write a vampire cozy mystery. And now I'm going to ride that horse all the way through the gate. Well, but where you have like, 
And also horses, maybe are not the best analogy because I don't love riding horses, but imagine a vehicle you do like, so it's not even necessarily a horse. But <laughs> the point is, if you're pounding on the gate with something that you did not enjoy making, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super important to remember because I think it can be very tempting to do two things. One, either not get on a horse at all because somebody else is already riding a horse like that. Or two, jumping on a horse just because it looks like that's what the market is looking for. And so it's, it might not be like, you don't mind writing a vampire cozy mystery, but it's not the book of your heart. And so I think this is another case of you have to do you and, you know, get on your own horse rather than either a not getting on at all or b you know trying to get on someone else's horse right now if if you're a like vampire cozy mystery is like oh my gosh this is exactly you know right what i want to do that's one i thing. would totally read a vampire cozy mystery i just don't <laughs> want to write one but <laughs> right so, so here's the other thing and 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 so amy just said this thing sometimes it's who lasts the longest i have heard this thing a long time, been at this a long time. And some days the, that advice, I'm not going to kid, makes me want to slam my head into the wall. Mm-hmm. It totally does. Yeah. Because how long? 100? 200? How many rejections? And then because sometimes people would say, oh, you wait, you know, you can hear about JK Rowling and her rejections and you can. And so sometimes that's just a thankless thing. So I think for us to remember too that like you don't have to ride the horse all the time like you can assess like i'm going to say like like if you're in a position where you, let's say you've been trying to get an agent and you just got query rejection number 100 that is just a horrible blow and you can take a minute and sit by your campfire and chill and not think about what horse you're going to get on again. You can just be in it for a minute because these things are really disappointing. Being rejected by gatekeepers for many of us can really start to feel like maybe I'm not really talented. Maybe I'm not really a writer. Maybe this isn't what's cut out for me. You know, all of those things. And so just acknowledging that and then reminding yourself that like we write stories because of stories. Right. Well, and that's what I was going to jump in and say too. I think it's this fine balance of, yes, we have outcomes that we want, but to really put your your emphasis and your accent on the process part of it. So where, where can you really double down and on enjoying like the process of writing, the process of uh, maybe gamifying your querying, you know, right. um, putting a system into place that's where it's just kind of very, like, you don't have to think about it. You just like, okay, like I sent out a batch of 10 queries this month and then I'll send out another, you know, how another next right next month and keep track of it on a spreadsheet or however you want to do it, like really trying to find joy in the whole process of it. Yeah. Because I think, um, what is the book? Atomic Habits. 
Yes. I, like, I really love how James Clear talks about, like, you can have a goal, but you can't get there without habits, but you can have habits without a goal and still end up someplace really amazing. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So the habit of writing daily, of querying, of, you know, all the things. Right. And then I think the other piece that is, is super important for us to understand is that uh, gatekeep. There's this thing, and I I know it's like all cultures, it's like humans. It's not just, you know, if you've ever had a kid that applied to college or if you went through that process yourself, or there can be this whole feeling that the gatekeeper is going to be the one that anoints you as worthy. Right. I got an agent. So that proves I'm really a writer. And then I know some people who stay with their agent, even if their agent isn't a great fit for them because they're like, oh my God, I can't leave my agent and go through this process again because I finally got one. You know, I got into this excellent college and that proves I'm smart. But if it's not a good fit for me and I want to change or drop out of this or transfer to another college, will that mean that I'm stupid? And that is the piece that I feel like is the most important to just absolutely dismantle because agents don't decide what's good. Agents decide what they think is going to sell. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's their business. They don't decide what is good. They don't. Which means if they say no to you, that doesn't mean what you're making isn't good. Right. Even though, of course, it can be improved. Everything can be, everything can be improved, I think. Right. Right. Well, and the other thing that I was thinking about too is there's always another gate. There's always another gate. There's never going to be a gate that you walk through where you're like, oh, I'm here. I've made it. Like. You know, that was the most disappointing thing to I'm, me about publishing. Yeah. You have a few moments in your life where you're like, this is a big, this is disappointing. And it is that is that I really, really, really thought that you get a book deal and then you stop having to do all this stuff. And that is just not true. Right. I don't know why I thought that it's like the thing when I remember when the kids were born, I was like, nobody told me how hard having a child is. Like, no, 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 they totally did. It's in it's in Genesis. <laughs> yeah. But when you're doing it, you're like, oh my God, this is like literally the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how many people tell you. So yeah. I would say, looking back, I can totally be like, yeah, there were lots of people who said, you still have to keep doing this. I um, just didn't really listen to them. I didn't believe yeah. them. Yeah, even oh. at... 18 or 20 or 22, or I'm imagining like, this is just a lifelong gig, right? The whole parenting thing. But yeah, like you never, and I'm not going to say you never quote unquote arrive because I think you'll have moments of arrival, but there's always going to be a next game. Like, you know, and so again, like focusing on the process and the gate, once you get through, that's the the icing. So You have to remember, there are some people who are mad that they don't have a Nobel Prize yet. Right, right. Well, and and that's a whole nother podcast, I think, too, which is um, being happy where you are in the process, right? And and, and being enough in the process. So, so yeah, it's all that balance. All right, and so so what would you say that the mindset is for us on this? I would say that the most important mindset is to imagine yourself riding the horse. 
You're riding the horse. You're not asking for permission to enter. You're riding the horse. And as people show up and give you the opportunity, whatever, I want to even rephrase because I, we say give you the opportunity as though they are giving you something. No, 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 no. They are buying something from you on the hope that you'll both make money. So it's not even get, like just dismantle the whole give language. But anyway, if yeah. someone shows up with an opportunity for you, you get to decide, is that the direction I want to keep going in? So right. just it really, can you switch your mindset to something that says success is inevitable? Can you at least, you don't have to hold it forever. I'm sure some people are like, no, 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 no. Just for five minutes, can you say success is inevitable? So what would our next steps be, Em? Okay. I would say the first next step is you can probably identify one thing where you're like, oh, I'm totally asking for permission here. You, I, I bet you can identify one thing where you're like, oh, I'm absolutely asking for permission. Uh, I will be honest and say for me, I realized it is with a like I've been thinking a lot about applying for workshops and um writing retreats type things and realizing like, oh, I totally, because you have to submit pages, unpublished pages for these things. So wait a second. Are you talking about applying to go as a participant or as, yes, a, to as, go as, as a, a teacher? Okay. No, okay. even to just go as a participant. Okay. Gotcha. And so realizing like, oh, I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally doing the thing where I'm like, oh no, if I, if I was supposed to go to that, someone would call me and say, Hey, don't you want to go to the, let's not even get into teaching at it. I just mean even going. So what are the places where you were like, oh no, 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 I'm, I'm totally doing that. And can you just take the next step and understand? And this is the other piece that I, again, find really challenging is that it's not going to be one time. You're not going to apply for the conference one time. You're going to apply for this conference. And when they say no, which they probably will in this case, because they don't know who you are yet, you're mm -hmm. going to put on your calendar to apply next time with something different. And then you're going to figure out what's the next thing. Okay. So your next step is going to be just identify what those things are and roll on. Like just try it and don't, and, and I would say, don't be too overly optimistic because if you have been doing this, it's probably because something's really, really hard for you. So maybe just do like one, one a month or one a week or something. Right. And I would add I, to that too, like really focus like on the success of this being the fact that you accomplished it. You, yeah, the, the fact the that you did the thing. On the, yeah, the check mark on the list, that is absolutely the success at the moment. Like whether okay. whether it comes back with, you know, feedback or acceptance or whatever it is, like the absolute success is that you showed up and you right. did it. And you did it. But, um, and we also, I feel like I really, we should acknowledge like this part of this work is so hard. Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everybody's just going to bump up against a lot of their own stuff with this. So just know that. Yeah. And the, the, the persistence piece, I feel like 
as much as it makes us want to slam our heads against the wall, because yes, <laughs> for sure. But I, I think about Stephen King's book on writing. I think this is where he shared this, where he has like a nail where he puts his rejections and there's like 400 and it's Stephen King. Like, mm -hmm. and so again, I think it's just the persistence and the persistence and the persistence because the great part about querying, I think, is if you can look at any feedback you get, some people may say no, and I went through your novel and here's where I would improve it or, you know, so the feedback is gold, right? So you just yeah. incorporate that. And if I would say one more thing, which is so important, which is to understand about these gatekeepers, again, they are not... They're just people. So if you get a letter back and it says, send me your next thing, they really mean send me your next thing. They're not being nice. Like, right. Yeah. If they, they didn't want you to send the next thing, they wouldn't say that. So. They don't have time or space for nice. Right. It's a business. It's a business. So. so. Okay. And what are you reading? Right oh, now? what am I reading? Well, I just finished The Atlas Paradox, which is the sequel to The Atlas Six. And I, again, just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, by Olivia Blake. What about you? Um, I was gonna look and see what my latest was. Um, I again, I was on vacation, and so I really enjoyed um reading quite a bit over that. So I would say, okay, so there is um, I guess I don't know if I would call it high fantasy. It's magical realism, and it's actually a husband wife. Um team and they write under the name I Ilona Iona Andrews and okay. so they have several they're kind of like urban magical fantasy you know novels and so they have a whole series and it's all they all have magic in the titles and okay. they're like a billion books and they've just started writing about this same character again so the book is called Magic Flames so super fun. fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's set in a, it's set in like our earth, our modern world, but magic has come into the world and, and it overtakes technology. So when the magic flares, technology goes on the fritz. It's super fun. Like it's just That's super fun. It's just a super fun read. Yeah. Yay. For sure. Yay. All right. So don't forget, we have a Patreon. We do. We absolutely do. And we hope that you would love to support the show that way. We would so enjoy you being part of our private community on Patreon. So yep. sign up there. And until next time, we just hope you guys are making time to write. To write. All right. Bye. We're out. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks so much for being with us today. We love our people and we want to get to know you better. So email us at questions at time to write podcast.com to have your questions considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also drop us a review on Apple podcast. Not only will it thrill us. Seriously, we read everyone. It also helps others find the show. We're driven by sharing stories and your review helps us do that. Just remember your stories matter and we're rooting for you to find time to write. Even if it's only five minutes, five minutes, you can do it. You can do it.